The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Everyone, show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. It's J A S O N Q U A L L S C F P.com. Don't jump in questions, comments, all the links can be found. To do so via email or social media at financialcoachingradio.com. Uh, first up, this is an interesting article. Where it be from? It be from Market Watch. If you pay a one percent management fee for a financial advisor to handle your finances, that, I don't even like that sentence. Advisors don't really handle your finances. No, we're not. You know, doling out a an allowance. <laughs> Or whatever fee that's being charged, for the most part, some might. The most financial advisors, planners, whatever you want to call them, uh, they are guiding people on retirement, college planning, estate planning, tax planning, investment management, insurance planning. Some focus just on one or two areas. Uh, my practice focuses on all of those areas. But anyway, back to it. If you pay a 1% management fee, you will likely expect that advice to yield far more than it's costing you. But how would you know? The title of the article, here's the only kind of financial advice people think is worth paying for. It's hard to put a fixed dollar amount on peace of mind and other behavioral strategies that advisors offer. And that is very true. Uh, what am I talking about there? I say it like this. A, a good advisor will save you a lot more than they cost you. Notice I didn't say earn you more than they cost you because that's all relative. It's all dependent on very many factors that are out of anyone's control. Uh, there's one financial firm. They do a lot of advertising, especially as of late. You know, they, so they're a, a fee-based advisor, and they harp on the commission guys. And they say they sit at the same side of the table as you do. If you do better, we do better, I think is their slogan. And here's the issue with that. That's true. You know, if you're paying an advisor a percentage fee to manage your investments, if your investments grow, the percentage obviously stays the same. Call it 1%. But if it's 1% of 500000 that's a certain amount of dollar amount. And then it grows to 600000 1% of 600000 the advisor is making more. The issue is, is that depending, you know, if the advisor is, has guided you down the right path, you know, all things being equal, the advisor, the planner, has no control over whether or not your account grows. One, the growth could come from you putting in new money. Other, 
you know, the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, or whatever index you want to use to follow or track the market or how well it's doing, I have no control of whether it goes up or down. I can't make it go up. What do I mean by that? If you look at the, you know, a category, now when we're using, saying, the S&P 500, that is large cap or large company, large in size, U.S.-based stocks. That's what the S&P 500 is typically made of, or is made of, I should say. The Dow Jones is 30 companies, all large U.S.-based stocks. If you're looking at the area of investing of large company U.S. stock funds, if they're up or down that day, or that week, or that month, or that year, it's because that particular area of the market has been up or down. That makes sense? Now, there are certain funds that will do better than others. Typically, that relates to cost. So if a, you have two large company U.S. stock mutual funds, one is essentially free or very inexpensive, called like an index fund. One is an actively managed fund that has a higher annual expense ratio. Most of the time, certainly over longer periods of time, the cheaper fund wins. So if the, advisor, if the advisor has any impact, it's not because the area of the market of large company U.S. stocks has went up in value. It's because they put you in funds that were low cost. The issue is that most advisors who are charging a 1% fee, the fee-based guys and the commission guys, are not putting you in low cost funds. So I don't know what this one firm that advertises, if we do better or you do better, we do better. It's 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 bull is what it is because the advisor can't control the market any advisor that tells you they have a significant direct impact on growing your wealth above the above and beyond the average return of the market in that particular area of investing whether it be international or u.s or bonds or whatever they are lying to you it's that simple and they don't want you to know that that's why they get mad at me being on the radio uh, there's one. There's no one quantifiable measure of success for all the components that go into financial planning. And again, we're going back to the article now. Some research papers have tried to put a number on it, like 1.5% of assets and so forth, but that's mostly for investment performance. If you pay it in any capacity for financial advice, you're also getting into getting services like retirement and tax planning and investment selection and estate planning. You can't quantify the value that goes into saving someone no well taxes you could if you gave tax advice and saved someone a thousand bucks or got them a thousand dollar bigger refund but same thing on tax estate planning if i guide you down an estate plan and then you pass away or become incapacitated and it saves you and your family money your estate money that's usually not quantified and brought back to the advisor so it's it's very it's very great it's hard to quantify retirees were far more likely to pay for financial services than people still working 45 percent paying versus 26 percent. i would agree with that it's because the value of advice goes up and i tell this ill people this all the time there are, you can depending on your situation while you're accumulating assets for retirement that's your main goal and your only concern the value of an advisor in your 30s and 40s but you know, 10 years away or 15 years away or more from retirement, it, it, the ongoing value of financial advice, it, it's diminished. It's not as valuable. But when you get close to retirement, 
trying to hit a goal or you're in retirement and you're living off your nest egg, that's when you particularly need financial help. And I don't say that because I'm in the business. It's just the reality. That is the time where you can't actually have any screw-ups. And again, what did I start and I said, a good advisor will save you a lot more than they cost you. And most of the time, that means saving you from yourself. So there's, they can try. Uh, they can try to, to put, quantify it. And I think that's what this article is going to try to do. But no matter what the conclusion is, and I've seen the last time I did a show on this, that's probably five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. You know, the quantifying uh, value of an advisor was some people with an advisor, a good one, not, not the hack jobs, not the salespeople, but a good independent fee only CFP. It was like it did 30% better. It's too hard to quantify. Again, it's the reason it's so hard to quantify because so many advisors have different practices. Like for me, how do you quantify what I do? If I'm doing investment management, estate planning, tax planning, risk management, all these things, college planning, but I'm charging the same fee or less than most other guys, you can't put a value on it. But if you're actually looking at just the investment side, well, the advisor's charging X, what is the difference in return? But then you don't get to count in. Well, what if that client comes to you and says, oh, my buddy, my brother-in-law, my so-and-so pitched me this crappy financial product that you may have gotten yourself into without the help of your financial planner. How do you quantify that savings? You can't. So you kind of just have to, it's like anything else. You have to value the expertise. And it's, it's like any other profession. If you have a major legal issue, you need to have an attorney that's focused on that major legal issue. If you have a medical issue, you can't go to Dr. Google and try to solve it yourself. You can, but you'll probably screw it up. Any aspect of professional uh, services is like that. Same thing for financial planning. You try to do your own estate planning, tax planning, investment management yourself with the help of the internet or whatever, unless you're taking a very simplified, basic approach, which very few people do, and it would be possible, anything is possible, you're going to screw it up. So I say this very tug-in-cheek, the advisor is there to hold your hand and make sure you don't screw it up. So I believe a good advisor is worth the compensation. That doesn't mean any compensation, because most advisors make too much money off of their clients. It, depending, everything is unique. But if you're paying more than a half of 1% for investment management, certainly investment management only, now, if small accounts would be out, out of this statement, if it's like 200000 or more, if you're paying more than a half of 1% for investment management, my opinion, you're getting screwed over. I don't care where you got the advisor. I don't care who they are because I know what people earn in this business. And I know what I believe to be fair. Now, you can deem it wherever. You can say, well, I pay one and a half and you think that's fair. I don't. Look at it in terms of rates of return. If you're retired and your target return is, say, seven and a half percent and you're paying your advisor one and a half, that means the advisor's getting 20% of your return. Are you freaking crazy? There's no way the advisor's worth 20% of your return. 
I hope that makes sense. I'm Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. We're going to take a quick break. We'll jump into tax planning and tax advice and more right here on Financial Coaching Radio. Keep it locked in right here on WGNA. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qual, Certified Financial Planner, joined now by Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tothero Hill and Welch. Never quite heard an article or saw an article relating to whose name goes on the tax return first. The taxpayer. <laughs> Married filing jointly. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know why this would even be. It's CBS News. Maybe it's the liberal side. I guess the, the stats are changing. Do you have any clients or does your firm have very many clients where the husband is listed second on a yes, joint return? Yes, I do. And what's, what's normally the call? Instead of making it political or about whatever, what is it because the, the wife is the breadwinner or what? Uh, yeah, in most cases in that situation, that's how it is. And that would be like who I deal with mostly. And usually when it comes to, I don't, if someone brings me a tax return, a new client say, uh, and the wife was listed first on a prior year, I just continue on with that. I, it really makes no difference to me. So if we can work that mic out, we got to get it a little higher somehow. But you're close. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. <laughs> That's a little better. I've got it cranked up pretty high. Uh, well, this was an interesting stat. They found that um, Listing a man first was also associated with riskier financial behavior in line with the body of research that shows men are generally more likely to take risks than women. Man, man first returns were more likely to hold stocks rather than bonds. I don't know how that's risky. I'm thinking of like tax issues, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I know I've had a clients where uh, they file separately now because of past tax issues from the husband. I've got a few of those. <laughs> and it, it seems like it's always because of the husband. <laughs> <laughs> and how have they gotten themselves in trouble? Just you know, avoiding taxes, being too aggressive on write-offs? Yeah, and I don't know if it's always a tax issue. There might have been something um, financially in the past that they didn't agree on, and so they just felt it better to keep finances separately, and that would include filing tax returns. Although that usually costs a married couple some money in taxes when they do that. There are instances where it may be beneficial now, do you to agree file with separately. That? Do I agree with what? If you've you know two single people together or two married filing separately people together, you know they file more, they pay more taxes than a married person. I think if you're married, whatever however you file, it should be the tax rate. It should be yeah, divide everything in half <laughs> right. if you file separately. Right. Yeah, I don't know why you couldn't do it like that. It seems like that would be the way to go. It's like they're penalizing you for not putting your name on your spouse's tax return. And most of the time you're doing it that way because of risk, right? Right, right. They don't want to be involved with the, the spouse's <laughs> tax issues. That's a whole separate issue, right? Yeah. That usually, uh, that would be counseling, uh, <laughs> uh, not tax preparation. So when you file jointly on a tax return, and now everything's electronic, but essentially you're signing that return. And if, let's say husband does something wrong tax-wise, it's a major issue. The wife you know, usually can get get out of it, right? If they kind of play dumb. Yeah, they can file a um, innocence. They can file for innocent spousal relief. There's a form. I can't remember the number now, but you can file a form with the IRS uh, stating that you didn't have any knowledge of their, you know, misgivings or wrongdoings. That, you know, Do they have they to file that. make you prove that? In any way, or is it just you file it and you're good? I think if you file it on the front end, you should be good. Um, it, you know, it goes back to that, you know, innocent until proven guilty. So I think if you filed it, I think, you know, if it got to a case where it went to court, uh, you might have to prove that if you filed the tax return together, you might have to prove in some way that you didn't know that there was a wrongdoing on the tax return. And does that ever care? I don't know why. Let's say you have an adult child on your tax return, and it's for you know, it could be a dependent, could be because of disability issues or whatever. Could just be that they're still eligible to be on your return. Are they liable for those tax issues, or is it just the main people? Just the main people, taxpayer and the spouse. And what happens? I guess that you both owe it um, in a tax fraud type situation. If you do not file this form or, or can legally file it, maybe they were both aware. Do you think couples need to be more concerned, more involved in the joint filing of tax returns to, if they have, uh, they feel like their spouse is doing something questionable. How do you go about that? Yeah. That'd be a tough conversation. Yeah. I think you're sketchy. So I'm not going to, don't yeah, put me on the return. And, you know, for me to say that, to someone, then I'm kind of admitting to the spouse that, hey, your your hu your husband or wife is sketchy. Why would I be filing that tax return for them? I know. You know, the, there's some ethical standards in there somewhere that I I just don't think, uh, I would do. I just wouldn't file it. I might say, hey, you might, you, I might have that conversation. Need to go to TurboTax. Yeah, TurboTax will work for you. And switching gears a little bit, if you're just joining in, we're talking taxes with Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tothero. Hale and Welch, thwcpa.com. When you file your return with a tax prep service, TurboTax is the big name. 
and you know they they they, ha- they say they have your back, right? You you pay a little extra for audit protection. Do you know how that works in reality, or is it just a gimmick to get more money? I, I don't know how that works because I know but, you guys, and if you get audit, you file a return, they, your client gets audited. You're going to help them along the way. That's right. I'm going to help them along the way. Figure out why. You know, help them through the audit. I mean, that happens every year. I have someone get audited, and it's. You know, when you're dealing with as many tax returns as we do, just the law of averages is going to give, you're going to have some that get audited. They just get picked randomly. Sometimes it's because of something doesn't, you know, match. It, it falls outside of their, their you know, percentages from year to year. Um, and so it gets pulled for a desk review, which is basically an audit in the IRS's office. Uh Rarely do you see IRS agents come out in the field unless it's something a little bit larger now. They do a lot of desk review now, and you're most of the time you're aware of those. Um, Are they packing heat? No, I've never seen. <laughs> I've yet to see an IRS agent with a gun. Although you, you, that was the, the the news, right? Right. They're going to start carrying weapons. Those aren't the ones we talk to. I don't think. <laughs> did you? How far did you get down into that? Because they did buy the the weapons and ammunition, right? Yeah, they were the biggest purchaser of ammunition in 2022. What were they? What do they do with it? Are I, some I, IRS agents are carrying or what? Yeah, I are think they doing I, raids? Well, I think <laughs> if they have to go somewhere that they feel, you know that there's the possibility of a threat, physical threat, they're, you know, they're going to want to have protection with them. I'm trying to imagine, you know, anyone that's kind of would be a physical threat probably isn't running a legitimate business and probably isn't filing a tax return. That, yeah, and so there's other <laughs> illegal activities going on. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like a front for a business, I guess. Right. Or have my drug business going through my laundromat. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. They're laundering that money. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people do have tax planning strategies that border on border on laundering money, and it's usually at the advice of a CPA. Oh wow! And sometimes CPAs on their own practices, you know, especially private, you know, one or two man shops, are very aggressive in their their tax filings. Yes, um, they're the ones that get caught. <laughs> right, I, and I've seen that. abusing S corporations is a big one. Yeah, um, and uh, where is the S corporation today? Is it are people using it like they used to? Well, was it kind of died down? A lot of people. That's been the in vogue. It's the fad, you know, to file an LLC as an S corp. Which the, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But why are you doing that? And when I'm asking the client, why are you doing that here in the state of Tennessee? And, you know, so take a salary and pay yourself a dividend. Avoid some payroll tax. Right. So you're, but that's only at a lower income, really. Yeah, it's you get up, you know, over basically over a hundred and sixty thousand Social Security wage base in the state of Tennessee. S corps pay an income tax in the form of excise tax to the state of Tennessee at six and a half percent. Right. So there's really no advantage tax wise of filing as an S corp if you're, you know, making two or three hundred thousand dollars is actually costing you money to be an S corp. What if you? Create the corporation in another state. Was that did you get around that? Franchising? No, because the income. If the income is made in the state of Tennessee, you still have to file in Tennessee as a. You have to uh, allocate that a portion that income to Tennessee, and you still have to file in Tennessee. That's a great idea with the S corp. Um, even unlimited amount of income, you'd save the Medicare portion. But we, like you said, we pay an extra tax to do business in Tennessee. 
Whereas like a partnership or a single member LLC that's taxed for self-employment purposes on a federal return, they don't pay that excise tax in Tennessee. So, you know, you get over $160,000, yeah, right in there somewhere, I can't remember the exact amount, you stop paying the Social Security income. So, and none of that uh, is taxed above that for Social Security or for excise in Tennessee. So, you know, it's hard to have that conversation with people because they see on TikTok or Instagram or something, <laughs> LLC as an S-Corp. You need to be an S-Corp. And it's just, you, right. it's hard to have that conversation a lot of times. Good stuff. If you're a business owner, you don't know why you set up your business entity the way you did, and it may not be in your best interest, reach out to Teller O'Hell and Welch, THWCPA.com. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Stick around. a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, jasonqualscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Spark with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one place giving you the truth about personal finance no books to sell or live event tickets i'll leave that to the other show quickly before we run out of time the fair share act what's up with that you know that yeah i'm hard to find information about it it's the medicare and social security fair share act tell me about it would reform taxes in the way americans pay to finance the two important programs so the richest two percent of americans pay these taxes on the most of their income it's that that couldn't be more liberal fair share once you started reading i I understood what fair share act meant. impacts of medicare and social security fair share act on the united states in 2024 by income group bottom 20 percent their tax change um 20 average income 38 about 14 grand I'm trying to decide. Well, I guess what they're doing, they're going to put more of the Social Security and Medicare taxes on the higher income. And everyone, and that's what I've, I've always had a real question about. Why are, Why is it capped? Why is Social Security why capped? Why is Social Security capped? I, I, because if they keep paying, it's you get paid out based on what you paid in. Right? That's how it works. Yeah, but I, but someone what's the, the what's the cat? Where where is Social Security payroll taxes in? It's a I think it's really a hundred and sixty two. So more than that, you don't pay any more 
payroll taxes for Social Security. Right. Or self-employment right. taxes. Whether you're self-employed, W-2, it doesn't matter. That's where the Social Security stops. Medicare yeah. goes on earned in. Was it just they they capped it to say, well, these people would put way more in they would ever be able to get back out of the system? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know why it was capped, and I don't know when that happened. Would, but, do you, I don't think people would be that much of an arms if they said, well, we're going to take it up to 300000 or 400000 or 500000 to fix the system. Yeah, and there is. For but I would rather do income. that There's a than place someone, where, and I know that's still redistribution of wealth, but it's better than raising my federal income taxes to give it to some government program. At least they, this is one where people are, you know, in what, 2030, it's going to be running short. Yeah, and there is a, a, a point in there where your income, there is for higher income earners, there is some added Social Security on some stuff in there um, above that 162. But, you know, I don't know why it was capped, but at some point you would think it has to be. Say someone making $10 million. At that point, you know, they're paying in. If just the employee piece would be, what, $620,000? Right. <laughs> Well, th this is what I guess the, the brass tax on it, no pun intended there, applies Social Security tax to employment earnings exceeding 400000 increase additional Medicare tax from 0.9% to 2.1% for employment wow. earnings exceeding 500000 Uh Taxes on self-employment apply Social Security tax, self-employment, that's like the same thing. I guess, oh, employment, so you make more than 400000 or you're self-employed making that, they're going to tax you more. Same thing for the increase in Medicare tax. The net investment income tax, what the hell? It yeah. goes to 3.8% to 17.4% for income exceeding 500000 <laughs> I See, I understand what you're saying. Close the loophole of the net investment income tax. Whatever, I didn't know there was a loophole. I didn't know there was a loophole for that. Phased in for income exceeding. So, um, yeah, more taxes is what it is. Yeah. Every time that you hear fair share, somebody's yeah, paying so. more. A lot of people don't understand. Like there, there is a tax called the net investment income tax, and that's going to be on any kind of investment income, interest, dividends, uh, you know, rental. over a certain amount. Yeah. yeah, but they're going to take that. It's like three something percent, right? Yeah, it's like now they're going to seventeen percent. Yeah, right, that's sorry. not going. That can't happen. You know what the fair share act should be? Flat tax. Flat tax. <laughs> that's fair. Everyone pays the same percentage. Anyway, Kevin, I appreciate it. Tethero, Helen Welch, THWCPA.com. What's the best phone number to reach you? 848-1072. Uh, you don't even call your own number that much. 615-848-1072. Online, THWCPA.com. Financial Coaching Radio. Back right after this. are your investments costing you each year most people don't have a clue why is this extremely important because overpaying by just one percent a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28 percent you heard me right 28 percent less at retirement i'm commission free certified financial planner jason qualls i don't sell financial products I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website jasonqualls.cfp.com. <music> 
A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Welcome back. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. You are locked in to Financial Coaching Radio. If you go to FinancialCoachingRadio.com, you can listen anytime, anywhere. Click archives. Get to all the past shows. The show's going back years. We've got current ones. You know, click most recent shows tab. Uh, then you kind of go below that and you get you know, ones from years ago. That's the thing about this show. We've covered every major topic. We've covered it in a unique way. It's not this overly simplistic baby step everyone gets the same advice because your situation is unique your financial advice should be unique and there's no way unless it's something that's legal related as far as tax law or estate planning law that we're going to say it's always or never because financial planning is rarely that particular black and white Uh, if you want to learn more about what i do i am one of the only independent fee only cfps go to jason qualls said my name wrong jason qualls cfp.com j-a-s-o-n-q-u-a-l-l-s cfp.com whether you hire me or not that's not why i do the show but make sure you're only working with independent fee only cfps no strip mall guys no bank guys no guys charging these crazy amounts of fees they do not serve your best interest most of the time i don't care where they sit next to you in church this is financial coaching radio keep it locked in we'll be back at you tomorrow same time same channel right here on WGNX.